Welcome to another episode of Anime Cons TV. My name is Doug Wilder, and I've got a bit of a <laughs> disclaimer uh, this episode. This is a bit of a delayed uh, con report for Anime Next, which happened back in June. Uh, due to some technical difficulties, we didn't get the initial report up. That's my fault there. Don't blame our editor. That's all on me. So I'm going to go through it as best I can. I apologize for the delay on this once again. If any of you guys have been looking forward to it, my apologies. But let's get into it. So Anime Next was once again June this year in 2019. It was held once again at the convention center in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Um, looking back on it, I gotta say it was a pretty solid year at uh, Anime Next. I can't say it was like the best ever I've been since I've gone been going to this con now three years in a row. But nothing really stands out as bad. It was just like, it was solid. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Just nothing stood out of me out as really extraordinary. But nothing really st stood out as terrible either. It was a enjoyable con and I'm glad I went. Uh, starting off some of my notes. Uh, one of the things that really stood out to me this year was the dealer's room at the convention. Um, I'm noticing that, you know, there are some people that are selling... DVDs and manga and Blu-ray and things like that, but there's a lot more people selling figures. Like, this just seemed to be a big focus in the dealer's room. I guess this is now, there's a bigger market for that, or it's just what people are demanding and what sells well. So we were, you saw a lot more vendors with a wide array of that uh, available. The other thing I noticed in the dealer's room is you saw a lot more vendors with that were very, for lack of a better word, crafty. They were make, they were making handmade stuff, and it was a bit on a level above the artist, like something you'd see at an artist alley booth. Uh, there was people that just made like nice, nicer furniture, but not furniture, jewelry. Wow, that's that's a mess up. Um, but also like handmade stuff. I saw a lot of like carved uh, chopsticks and things like that. So if you took some time to really go through these, you could find some really neat things. Um, I don't want to say some of the stuff I got because I may have been doing some early Christmas shopping, but there were some really great things there. And yes, jewelry, not furniture. Um, the video game room was another area that I kind of went through. Um, I went in there more often than I thought I would, not to play video games, um, but one thing that was a neat surprise was uh, the company GoGo Curry, which is kind of like a fast food uh, Japanese curry ch uh, chain that has a few stores here in America. I know there's a couple in New York. We're lucky enough to have one in uh, one in Boston, and they're really great. Um, took over one of the empty uh, food, uh, the venues, like food areas, and just used it to promote that they're opening some restaurants in New Jersey, and here you can try it. I mean, you still have to buy your meal, but it was a good one. And for those of you who don't know about curry rice or stuff like this, it's a neat, it's an easy way to try it because it is kind of the Japanese style. So you're trying it at the convention, and it's also... It was a solid meal. It's you know for a convention, it's you've got the lettuce, you've got the rice, so you've got the and if you get the meat, so you got protein, you've got carbs, you've got a little bit and vegetables. It worked really well, um, and I thought it was a really neat idea to not only introduce people that might not have a chance to it, but also promote that it's going to be coming out in within the state too. So I'd love to see the um, come back again in the future because I think it's a nice option and really nails the target market there. So, of course, knowing me, I always like to check out lots of panels at the convention, and as it seems to always be the case, there's always some, more than I can see, or the ones I want to see are all at different times. But 
I'll go through a couple of the ones that I really liked. Um, I went to one that was called the best movie ever. Uh, it was best movie every year from 1988 to 2010. Um, this was hosted by Matt Schley, who I'd never really seen him do any panels or anything before. But he did some really neat stuff. He just, and part of it is subjective. He openly admit that some of these are his opinions. But goes through year by year, talks about it. Does a little brief uh, discussion on it and moves on. Um, but something that I thought was really neat, and I don't know how well the video of it will come out, is he just had his slides for each one. And in part of the slide, they just had silently playing just the Japanese trailer on loop with no audio. So you could see a little bit of the, not get anything really spoiled, but see what's going on, see a little bit of what he's talking about. And it was really neat. And I want to, it's something as a panelist, a trick I want to learn. So I can, you know, get that set up in my, in future slide decks. Because again, no sound, just the visuals, but you can see what you're talking about there. And it's a neat little way to do it. And because he was coming for 30 years, he kept it moving pretty well and didn't get too bogged down on it, many of them. Another one I went to was called Enlightened Otaku, which was just uh, two kind of adult fans. I believe I'm going to just guess like late 20s, early 30s for age. I, I don't remember exactly how old they are, but closer to age and to me. Um, and something they were talking about a lot is just how you ba balance fandom and, you know, having kind of adult responsibilities and, you know, not giving up on your interest as an anime fan and things like that. So it was really good stuff, a lot of neat perspective. You know, it also, as an adult fan, it was nice to kind of have a perspective that, no, you're not alone. These are struggles that other people do. Like some of us go to uh, many cons. Some of us can only afford to go to one or two because we have other things that we need to pay with, pay for and stuff like that and we have bills. And just a great discussion on the balance. I went to uh, one panel on 3D printing, which I knew a little bit about, but they this was a really good one about here's starting points, here's different materials. It was covered all sorts of things. One of the things that I really found interesting that they didn't, I hadn't really heard many cosplayers talk about before is, yeah, you can make up, print a prop or something that you want for your costume, but you can also use 3D printing to make kind of me mechanisms for a costume and things like that such as you know so you have wings that you want to spread out you can make the mechanism that you, you know you won't be able to see it but it's how it works and things like that or just little things like that they talked about threading like someone had the sailor moon stick that they did threading in it so when they screwed the uh little crystal in tighter it activated a circuit so it would glow and things like that so it was neat to see it beyond just, hey, you can make a cool proper display. Here's other uses for it besides just uh, a prop. There was another one that I went to also with Matchfly on the panel. Uh, it was called kind of the best anime you'll never see, you've never seen. And I like that this one took me by surprise. I saw the name and was like, oh, this is just going to be someone talking about, oh, these are all these great anime you don't know about. You know, kind of a little bit of how we can get as fans like one-upping each other. Oh, I've seen all these things and you haven't. And it wasn't that. It was all about like canceled projects and things that never came to fruition. Either they lost budget, you know, in the case of um, Satoshi Kon's last work that he was working on when he passed away. How that's not finished because the creator passed away. Um, there was another one that was, uh, I think it was Lupin the Fourth that 
got into some legal trouble and had to be axed and things like that. So talked to, sometimes you'd see a little bit of concept art and you'd see a teaser here and there. And they really had done a lot of work to talk about finding uh, content on these things. And it was really neat, even as a, someone who's been an anime fan for, you know, well over 20 years now, seeing things that I'd never even heard about, even from creators I knew, was a really neat thing. I think another one was a Lupin series, that, or a title that was going to be directed by Mamoru Oshii, which I think would have been fascinating to check out, so... A lot of neat stuff there. That's really a topic I think has some, some legs. I'd love to see you know, this panel either again just that, or maybe expanded to find some more titles that like that that just never happened. So that's that was a good one. Um, I won't go too far into the uh, anime Burger Time panel that, of course, is now kind of a perennial favorite there. But I want to give one shout out to a couple fans in the audience. Um, Evan Minto, who runs this, just goes his usual speech, you know, now's the time to have your burger if you brought it, because this is the BYOB, bring your own burger panel. And as he says, there's two people in the kind of the front row of the audience stood up with like a, a bag from McDonald's and just said, okay, who needs a burger? And just started tossing uh, wrapped hamburgers to anyone in the audience who raised their hand to ensure that everyone in the panel that, that wanted one could have a burger for the Edway Burger Time. And it was great because it was, you know, Evan had no hand in this. This was just two fans of the panel wanting to make it more fun for everyone else too. And yeah, McDonald's hamburgers, you know, maybe it's, you know, what a buck fifty for one burger or something, but they just decided they wanted to do this to be cool to their fellow fans. And wherever you guys are, awesome job because that just it made me my day to see so many people just sharing a good time with other people and not wanting to get anything else out of it except sharing things. And that's something as fans we should really be working towards together. Um, there wasn't a lot of mecha paneling this year. Um. In fact, um, I was on two mecha panels, which meant I was on both of the mecha panels at Anime Next this year. As some, a lot of you guys know, I'm a big fan of the giant robot stuff. Um, I hosted my Gundam for Newbies panel with uh, Patrick and Tom from the Cockpit Podcast. And then he, uh, Patrick also ran the Giant Robot Fight Club, which he invited me on, which I'm very always glad to join that. But it was funny because we were looking at the panel, it's like, oh man... There's, like, if you look at it, we're it for the mecha paneling, which I guess you want to have a lot of variety, but it was a little bit of, su of surprise. Um, finally, the last panel I think I caught at the convention, uh, George Horvath ran uh, a panel called uh, Anime Songs That the Man Doesn't Want You to See, and was talking about all sorts of ones that mainly for legal reasons, this uh, uh, the Japanese ver uh, choice of song for an anime's either opening or ending theme, or sometimes even insert songs, aren't allowed to be shown on the U.S. release of it. So it's really fascinating. Um, one of the biggest examples is the anime speed grapher uses the Duran Duran song Girls on Film. And you can see the American version, it's kind of eh, just some instrumental stuff. But you see the original Japanese one using that song, and it's clearly timed and built to be that and it was a lot of neat examples like that um and george also really talked a lot about why uh, not just saying oh these are on so you got into the why for it from these you know some of these are just big japanese labels that are putting their foot down sometimes there's other gray issues like that and it was neat to see the why not just demonstrating 
things like that. So that's a lot of Anime Next for me. Again, I had a really solid time. I'm still probably going to be going back next year. I still enjoy this convention. It's just a good way to start off the summer. Like, it's not too busy, not, not too slow. Um, it's just the right pace. It's kind of what I want for a con. And driving down from Boston is a bit of a longer trip, but it's not that bad, especially if you have uh, some friends to share the driving with for us. So I went down with uh, Zan and Greta from the Spyrocan podcast, and we just kind of shared duties and got stopped about halfway each time. It was just the right amount of distance. Um, it wasn't a slog, but, you know, just enough to get away. Um, I think this con does a lot of neat programming for panels, and I want to see them continue to do that. Maybe they'll get another guest next year that'll be really excited about something like that. I don't know, but as of right now, like I said, I'm looking forward to it next year. And if you've been to Anime Next or any other convention, don't forget to uh, contact us. You can always send us an email at podcast at animecons.tv. We're also on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, Tumblr, Instagram. We're, we're all over the place. Just look up Animecons TV and you'll probably find us. You can also find me at Nigoki. I occasionally also live tweet when I'm watching some anime or other things on at Nigoki Watches. I'm Doug Wilder, and we'll see you again soon.